Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding. His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life. It's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious. Think well. Advance good. This is Q. We have never seen as many parents in our office who are swimming in as much shame and regret and just beating themselves up. It's It's been heartbreaking, I think. We've talked a lot about it for us to watch. And, you know, I sat with a mom the other day who just said, like, the other option was I would lose my job if I didn't park him in front of the television for this amount of time because I had to do the work and I'm a single parent. I said, of course you did. So... I think that's so much of what I'm seeing and so much of where I'm trying to just meet parents in a place of extending grace and to also say, like, we can reclaim. Our cell phones, they really have changed how we live and what we spend our time looking at. I'm Paul Perot, and this is Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons for this weekend on Faith Radio. Gabe, I, I just looked at my screen time usage on my iPhone, and it says I spent on average three and a half hours this week looking at my phone. And actually, that's down 12% from last week. How about you, Gabe? I just looked. My screen time was up 16% last week, and this is a problem because I don't want my screen time to be up. But I do find when I listen to Audible, which is one of the uses of my screen time, which I feel like is a good use, I'm cultivating my mind, I'm listening to a book, it still means that digital screen is on, that blue light's hitting me in the face, and it's not always ensuring that I'm being focused. Sometimes I'm distracted. Sometimes I'm listening to a book, but I'm also doing something else. I'm trying to be productive. I get that. While I'm driving, I have my phone synced to my car so I too can listen to podcasts. Plus, I'm frequently checking my work email and keeping abreast of what's happening around the world in my news feeds. Yes, we both are trying to be productive, but are we managing our tech use well? That's what we want to focus on today here on Q Ideas. It's a topic we've talked about before, but this time we want to focus on talking about technology and our families. Now, one person who has challenged the Q community about tech use and family is our good friend Andy Crouch, author of many books, including The TechWise Family. As we think this week about our devices in our homes, we got to ask a few questions like, what is technology good for? For that matter, is our technology good or is it neutral? In a talk a few years ago, Andy challenged us to think through those questions. Here's just a portion of that talk. What people sometimes say about technology is they say, well, technology isn't good or bad, it's just neutral. And I understand what we're trying to say when we say that, but I don't think it's right if you think of neutral as being like a car that's in neither drive nor reverse and is just waiting to go wherever you want. Technology wants to go somewhere. It has a drive toward easy everywhere. As a Christian, I don't think I want to say, actually, that things are neither good nor bad. I don't think there's anything neutral in all of creation, certainly not culture. It's meant to be very good. But of course we know that when we distort it and use it based on distorted pictures of God and distorted pictures of God's image bearers, 
It becomes not good. So the real question we ought to ask about this easy every world of technology is, what is it very good for? And what is it not good for? So I have a couple ideas for you. I think technology, in the sense of easy everywhere access to a kind of effortless power, is very good for production. It's not so good for creation. Now, that was just a portion of Andy Crouch's talk called Managing Technology, which we featured here before on Q Ideas. But that was before the pandemic. And that was all fine and good. But then the lockdowns came. All of a sudden, our technology became our lifelines. And for our kids, their schoolrooms and, unfortunately, babysitters, while many of us were trying to work from home remotely. Gabe, as the lockdown has lifted, this period has really changed family dynamics for many families. And now it's like we're even more enslaved to our tech. We're going to deal with this topic because as I talk to parents and as I meet people, as I talk to pastors, the one thing the pastors are all consistently saying right now is every parent in my church is asking me, what do I do about a phone? Do I give my child a phone? If I give them a phone, how do I manage it? Should I allow them to be on social media? These are the questions that are being asked right now for most parents, regardless of whether you're in the church, you're a Christian or not a Christian, parents are struggling with this. And we're going to have two of the experts on this. Sissy Goff and David Thomas, both of them are a part of Daystar Counseling Ministries. Sissy's written 12 books, including Raising Worry-Free Girls and Braver, Stronger, Smarter. And her new release for teenage girls is called Brave. And David Thomas, he's the director of family counseling at Daystar, but he's a co-author of 10 books, including his two latest, Raising Emotionally Strong Boys and Strong and Smart, A Boy's Guide to Building Healthy Emotions. Now, these two every day are sitting with clients. They're sitting with teenagers. They're sitting with children who are dealing with anxiety. This is their expertise. They are the people you send your children to to have these conversations. And because they've had that experience, they're going to offer to us in the next 15 minutes all of the great insights we need to how to think well about managing screen time, how anxiety is being created by it, and what is the ways in which we can be proactive about this? How can we be the kind of parents that are being great stewards of this, but also trying to raise our children in an environment where we know one day they're going to have their own phone. They're going to be out on their own. So what is the proper tension and balance. I'm excited for you to hear this, but more importantly, will you share this with other parents? I'm sure they're in your small group at church. I'm sure they're friends of yours at work who are also struggling with this question. And I think in this short episode, you're going to be able to give them something that encourages them on how they can manage this well, not only for themselves, but also with their kids. Let's listen and know. So we're just going to dive in and talk about... um, what you guys, gosh, between Minnow and Daystar, we are interacting with tens of thousands of families every week. And so uh, we really get to see kind of the good, the bad, and the ugly of what everybody's dealing with. So we just want to talk about today what you are seeing families are dealing with uh, post-COVID and the screen time mess that we really are dealing with. It's really become quite messy uh, because of how much technology we've had to rely on over the past two years. And uh, we just want to kind of open it up. What are you seeing in the lives of kids and families today? We could talk a little unique to gender because I see a lot of families with boys and you with girls. I would say with parents of younger boys, I'm seeing a lot of what I would call kind of walking back into healthier screen limits because of just the reality that 
every family was facing in different ways during, you know, the front side of pandemic and the stay-at-home orders and then throughout working from home and the tension that I think every family has reported in some way of in order to just stay employed in my job, I had to park kids in front of a screen or they were doing all of their schooling at one point through a screen and then much of their schooling at another point. And the guilt that I see so many parents of young boys experiencing and saying to me, I had a parent just yesterday in my office say, you know, I don't even feel like I know what healthy screen time limits for my son are anymore because we've had so much for so long that was a part of survival. So I'd say that with with young boys, I think with older boys, with adolescent guys, I am seeing young men who are just out of practice that they've spent so much time in front of a screen, not just doing school, but also with friends that they've lost the practice of what I call true engagement. And so young I've never seen as many young men who are as fearful about getting their driver's permit or their driver's license and not mm-hmm. even interested. Whereas at one point in time, I couldn't put couldn't my wait. finger on <laughs> yeah. an adolescent boy who wasn't right. just chomping at the bits to get his driver's license and young men who are really fearful, like paralyzing fear about asking a girl to a school dance because they've maybe had a year to two years lack of opportunity to just be in that practice of all that's involved in walking up to a girl and saying, will you go to the dance with me? And so I'm seeing so much evidence of where that lack of practice is spilling into just a lot of fear, crippling fear for a lot of adolescent guys in different ways. What are you seeing with girls? Well, it's been interesting because I think you have talked forever about how screens disrupt regulation for boys and how hard it is sometimes for them to transition. And I am hearing more parents talk about young girls who are having a hard time getting off screens. And some of it, I think, is, you know, we just are continuing to see the rates of anxiety rise in kids. And one of the ways it manifests is kids have trouble with transitions. And so sometimes we don't think... And we end up frustrated with kids because it just looks like they're not willing to turn off the device. Where it's it's more about the transition and that 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 provokes so much anxiety inside of them. And so I think as girls are becoming more and more and more anxious, that transition time is hard. It's impacting their screen use and it's impacting their parents' level of frustration with them because it feels like they're pushing against when that's not really what's happening. And then if we were to stretch older with kids, I think for adolescent girls. Obviously, social media is such a force in their lives, and in this day and time, it feels like it is their window into the world, and often the world that they're not engaging with. And so, they have more fear as well, and I think the their perspective has gotten so skewed because it does feel like, you know, that old imaginary audience that we've heard about since the 70s is just it has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And so there's this sense of everybody else is getting together when my friends aren't or everyone else, all my friends are getting together and they're leaving me out and I don't know how to re-engage. And I don't know how to even, I mean, I talked with a family last week. The girl said, I don't know how to walk up to a group of girls and say, hey, I don't even know how to be in the conversation Mm -hmm. anymore. And I think that's because it has become so much more about audience than community for these girls through this pandemic. And so I think that's created more hurt and more shame. And then invariably is making the rates of depression and anxiety go up too. And so there's this ripple effect that it's having on them socially and emotionally that is concerning. Mm -hmm. 
That's a, it's a lot of sobering kind yes. of insight, but we're going to offer some hope so, <laughs> um, and some practical ideas. But Eric, what are you seeing from the minnow families that we interact with? Yeah, so it's it's a lot of the same things that we're seeing from families. And in a lot of instances, and, and granted, one of the reasons we created Minnow is we wanted to create really redemptive screen time for parents and for families. Mm-hmm. And so I think um, a, a big challenge for a lot of families is, what are my kids getting exposed to? How much control over that? Can I trust it? And and it's interesting because I think many of us over time just grew up, the screen's the screen. And what we're recognizing is sometimes the screen is our friend and then other times it's the enemy. And uh, and, and I think that's challenging. And, and in many ways, I think our kids, older kids in particular, have a better sense of that than we do um, because they, they, they know there's stuff going on. Um, with our families, you know, at Minnow, what we're really trying to do is provide programming that really um, helps kids socially, emotionally, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's been encouraging to see families who discover us recognize that you know the shows that my kids watch actually impact them emotionally. So we've had moms um, write in and say, you know, my kids were watching these shows on the big streaming platforms, and it's been such a, a blessing to be on Minnow because they're just a little bit more relaxed. Mm-hmm. And 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 yeah. you know, as I would say, we have a tendency to think that children's programming is um, not that sophisticated, and not that informed. And as someone who's been in children's programming for a while, there's really good children's programming and there's really bad children's mm-hmm. programming. But a lot of times the platforms that our kids are um, consuming content on don't really have that perspective. Oftentimes stuff is being served to them without any kind of um, a point of view on, is this going to have a good impact on a child or a bad impact on mm-hmm. a child? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they're experiencing so much of that negative input over the past couple of years, especially um, that it's, it's, it's so great to offer them something redemptive, offer them something positive, because I love y- y'all's voices always saying, it's not going anywhere. Screens are here to stay. Right. Um, and what we say at Minnow, then how do we make it count? And yes. so that is something that um, we can do as we shift is finding ways to make it count um, as we kind of walk it back the way you said. Uh, I want to talk, though, about parents particularly. How are you seeing it impact parents? Because they're seeing their kids and the effect it's had on their kids. How is it affecting parents? I would say we have never seen as many parents in our office who are swimming in as much shame and regret and just beating themselves up. It's It's been heartbreaking. I think we've talked a lot about it for us to watch. And you know, so much shame over, I've let them be on screens for too long. I passed the healthy limits that the American Academy of Pediatrics would be okay with (laughs) and not (laughs) extending the kind of grace that I want to help them extend to themselves to say we were under unprecedented circumstances. And, you know, I sat with a mom the other day who just said like, the other option was I would lose my job if I didn't park him in front of the television for this amount of time because I had to do the work and I'm a single parent. I said, of course you did. So I think that's so much of what I'm seeing and so much of where I'm trying to just meet parents in a place of extending grace and to also say, like, we can reclaim. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're, there's so much opportunity. We're talking so much about reclaiming what kids have missed academically, reclaiming what kids have missed emotionally and socially. And we can reclaim in all these spaces. We're going to be walking backwards, walking forwards in all mm-hmm. kinds of different ways. What else would you say? Well, I love that. And I think it's it's 
helping parents have a sense of grace for themselves for what has happened and helping you have a sense of grace for yourself and your kids in the process Mm -hmm. of reclaiming. Because it feels like what's happening is we didn't have the right amount of screen time. We had way too much. So now I'm going to lock it down and you're not responding in the way you should. And so I'm going to lock you down and end up really frustrated with you, whereas kids are having to shift too. I mean, as you were talking about it being a mess, for some reason, the image came to me of being in Colorado when the snow's melting. And you know how it gets so brown and sloshy (laughs) and it's just awful. And it feels like we're in this brown, sloshy time where you know when you're driving in that window, you have to slow down and be aware. And I think you're not going to get your screen time back to where it needs to be in a week. You know, this is just going to be a slow, fumbling process. None of us have done this. And so I think to give yourself grace and to give kids grace in the transition feels so important. That's a good, really good visual. It's an awful visual. It, I know, but it's good. <laughs> but I hope you can feel it. It's, a pro- it's an appropriate visual. <laughs> what about you, Eric? What would you say? Well, and I, I think, as I always say, with when we think about Minnow, when we started it, what I recognize is a lot of parents, as soon as you mention screens, you start with guilt and, mm. and compromise. And it's it's really, really challenging. And and I think the, the, we named the company Minnow. It's based on the Greek word for abide, Mino, in John 15. And, and one of the things I think is so important for parents to recognize, I, I've seen this in my own life, is with all these issues, I need to start with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, th- God cares about screen time. <laughs> and, and, and what I find is, you know, when you, when you read the gospels, you see Jesus meets people in practical ways. Mm-hmm. And, and I think parents need to know God cares about screen time in your family, cares about your emotions, cares about what you're dealing with. And, uh, and he wants to meet you in mm-hmm. that. And, and he wants to help you and your family as, as, as I'm always reminded, God, God wants me to have a good day. Um, and, and, and promises me the resources to do that, but he calls me to engage him and be in, in relationship with him. And, and with that, I think for parents, um, the encouragement I would give is um, talk to your kids about it. Um, and and be in relationship with your kids um, because I think so many of these things I, for me as a dad of three girls, who I recognize it's so easy to, for me to get in the habit of managing them versus actually to relate to them. Um, and our lives are super busy, um, and in many ways, as we get post pandemic, they're busier than they've ever been. There's a sense of wanting to catch up for what we've missed out on, and, and I think a lot of this is um, asking ourselves why do we feel that way? Why do we feel compelled? And and oftentimes what I recognize is there are things that I'm chasing that I don't think God wants me to chase Um, and and asking me to take a pause. And and as we talk about screen time, I think oftentimes, what am I trying to accomplish with the screen time? Mm -hmm. And do my kids understand what they're trying to accomplish with the screen time? Because I've had my oldest daughter come to me and say, you know what? I recognize I use screen time because I'm bored. Um, and I recognize I don't feel good afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had a conversation about that and she said, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to do a screen, a, a screen fast, um, wow. just on her own. But it was because we were talking about that and sort of why does she, why is she on her screen so much? And so I think those conversations can be really helpful for parents. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's such a good reminder, um, to talk about it. Because a lot of times, I think you were saying this earlier too, just um, that that we just feel like we have to manage it and we have to police it. And instead of inviting them into the process, which also gives them agency and yes. makes them feel like ownership over that. Yes. So I think that's so good. 
Um, well, we've given a lot of practical kind of things. You were talking about practicing with uh, kids and what they've missed during the pandemic. You were talking about transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about kind of making screen time count. Um, what other hope would you, or, or practical advice, would you offer parents uh, or people leading parents, leading kids in this day and age, um, in this time for uh, a po- the post-COVID screen time mess that we're just trying to, to recalibrate and, and uh, clean up a little bit? Mm-hmm. I'm going to jump in and say I would double down on what you said. I love the idea of just having conversations with kids. I think even to ask what it was like six months ago for them and how they feel like technology has impacted them coming out of this and what's changed, how does their relationship with it changed, how has it changed how they see themselves? And if they're old enough to have a conversation about what do they want their time to look like? I think, you know, if they have a voice in that, they're not only connecting the dots and learning about its impact, but they're going to be more invested in whatever parameters we're putting around it if they've had a voice in it as well. And so I think if they're old enough, that can be a really important. I love that you talked about that, Eric. That's wonderful. I think the thing that stood out to me is just remembering even in the hard, you know, as we all know, the the best stuff happens in the growing seasons. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's wisdom of Romans 8. Like we know that we get to perseverance and character after we stop off and struggle and suffering. And so I think even as we're rebuilding and reclaiming and it's hard and there are meltdowns and there are all the things we've been discussing that there's good growth happening in that yes. for all of us. Mm-hmm. And as you wisely said, like opportunity for us to, Go back to God to lean into Him, you know, for us to ask as parents for more wisdom. I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to dial it back. And so I think there's a lot of opportunity in the midst of the hard. Yeah, the the one encouragement I would um, provide is try to figure out some rituals to do in your family because yeah, there's there's a sense of um, things have been sort of ritualless and mm-hmm. and everything's flat time is flat and so what what I found to be really helpful and I got this advice from someone that, that they mentioned set up some rituals with your family and and time for connection because again we go to the baseball game we go to the soccer game we go to music lessons but when you think about it, you're kind of side by side with your kids. You're never face to face. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned is I, I was recognizing I spend more time with my executive team in one-on-ones than I do my children. <laughs> uh, and uh, and I recognize, you know, that's not good. And so um, just setting up some weekly time where, you know, we're just going to go grab ice cream or we're just going to have coffee or just uh, grab a, a taco together. Um, that's good time for me to engage them. It tells them I care about them mm-hmm. and it allows it to be um, time we can just talk without the fact that we feel like we're having to get something done. And um, and I would encourage, this was really hard for me to do, but it meant also cutting some things out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, uh, God says that he's going to prune. And, uh, and oftentimes we need to prune our time to allow Allow there to be the space for God to provide the gifts that He wants to provide, and and I've seen this with my girls, where the relationships I've been able to develop um, far exceed what I had previously, and there's such blessing in that. But if I hadn't made a decision, you know what, I'm going to allocate this time, I wouldn't have that blessing. 
it's hard. I mean, I'm a mom to two adolescent kids who is in the trenches of this right now. And I'm so thankful for your voices and all that you all offer. So if you want to uh, have more support as you go through this process, uh, if you're feeling led to go through kind of a pruning or a scaling back, a, a recalibration process um, in your family, then you can look to the raisingboysandgirls.com is where you can find David and Sissy. And then uh, you can find a lot of help and resources at gomino.com. Uh, we would love to partner with you and support you as you uh, reclaim screen time and strengthen your family during the season. Well, again, this is Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons on Faith Radio. And Gabe, a great conversation you had there with Sissy Goff and David Thomas of Daystar Counseling Ministries around helping families manage their screen time. Such an important and helpful conversation with Sissy and David. They're experts on this and, and their advice has been great. And just getting to hear how you're not alone. I think that's one of the big takeaways. Like everybody's walking through this together. Everybody's trying to figure this out, but there are some best practices. There are some good ways to think about this and what you're trying to develop in your children and in yourself. And we know we're not going to get away from screens. Screens are going to be part of our life. They're not going to just blow up. We're all going to have TV screens. We're going to have computers. We're going to have phones and we're going to have to navigate that tension. And that's what I love about David and Sissy is it's not, we're just going to remove them all. But we're going to have to learn how to manage it. And and part of managing it is thinking through what am I putting in my brain? What am I watching? How am I making sure the things I'm viewing on the screen is actually helping me? And so we got to find ways to make screen time healthy. And so that's why I want to introduce you to Minnow. It's an app that streams mainstream quality, faith-inspired kids shows by the creators behind PBS Kids, Nickelodeon, and more. So if you're listening to this and you have younger children and you're stuck with Netflix or Disney and you're you're just not sure you're loving everything that you're seeing. This is definitely alternative to it. And you can try it free if you sign up at gominno.com. It's spelled G-O-M-I-N-N-O.com. I think if you have younger kids, they'll love these shows just like everything else they watch, but you can let them watch it worry-free, a peace of mind that this particular moment of screen time is something that is going to be managed for you, that they're going to be watching and listening to content that is good for them, that helps them at least learn something new, learn something that's based on good character, and something that is going to help cultivate the things that we as parents all care about in our children. So go to www.gominno.com and start that up for free and check it out. Well, share this episode with others. I hope it's been an encouragement to you. We look forward to seeing you next week. Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.